right. Hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jake. How's it going? I am uh, well here. Jake, uh, you just called in. We've been talking for about five seconds, and you want, you started apologizing to me, and I'm like, no, no. Let's apologize to the listeners. Go for it. No, no, they they deserve to have to listen to drunk, nasally, uh, cold ingested Jake. That's that's what they get for not for not finding better people than us to listen to. That's that's the way I see it. <laughs> oh, see, with me, you were like, dude, I sounded like shit last week on the podcast. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But uh, I thought you were. You gonna... deserve it, listeners. No, I was just kidding. I love you guys. Um, sorry, sorry about last week. I was I was wasted. I was drunk. Uh, I I hadn't slept much, but I was listening to our podcast from last week, and it was. It was almost unlistenable. I, I just kind of, I was so drunk and tired, I didn't remember it. So I was like, I should see what the hell we talked about. And yeah, my, my voice was just so goddamn nasally. I mean, it was like half booze, half just cold ingested. And all I could think the whole time was like, I, if I had a time machine right now, I used to say I'd kill Hitler or something like that. No, I would go back to a week ago and hand myself a tissue <laughs> and be like, listen, just blow your nose. I'm going back to the future later. Now, did you listen to the entire podcast? I mean, I kind of jumped around a little bit. Because uh, the comments I got, and it, it was last week was a big hit uh, among some people. We got we got a lot of uh, listens. And last I, week? Yeah, and I'm thinking it's because of the hashtag I put on it, which was sex toys. Because at the very end, you and I got into a an argument over sex toys. You took an adamant uh, sand-in-the-line, uh, you know ground you held your ground and said no sex toys are a waste of money your fingers are all you need you were you were directing it to ladies saying that the dildos they buy are too expensive and not worth it and i kept saying if a woman wants a dildo what's the big deal and my argument was i said well you buy shrooms that's a waste of money it's you know you eat a shroom and you have a little high and you're gone they're gone and you said well shroom the high lasts for an hour i'm like well a dildo will last for two years and that's pretty much where we ended it we, we didn't reach any conclusion does sober jake Sober, not completely exhausted from only three hours sleep, Jake. Does he stand firm against uh, sex toys, or does he want to change his stance from drunk Jake? Oh, absolutely not. I, I, I totally disagree with junk, drunk Jake. The only thing now that I disagree with you with, with is uh, that sex toys are the same as mushrooms, or that there's any kind of comparison, man. Well, I said, what I was saying last week is that when you, you take mushrooms, you get high and it feels good. And I said an orgasm feels good. So I was comparing an orgasm to being high in a sense. And I was saying that with a sex toy, you buy a dildo for 20 bucks. and Because you, you said, who buys a dildo for 20 bucks? That's $20. You could use your fingers. I'm like, well, 20 bucks, the dildo lasts two years. You're going to get multiple orgasms. You buy one mushroom for 20 bucks, you're getting one high. You know, sure, it lasts a long time. So I was just yeah, like, but that's a whole intense experience. Oh, With I know. I wasn't, I wasn't doing an apples to apples I comparison. I was just doing a, a money comparison. Go ahead. I'm yeah. Sorry. See, again, I, I I didn't I didn't hear. Well, I mean, I was I was there, I guess, for the the comparison, but I don't remember it. But yeah, I I, I will say they're definitely overpriced, man. And they're, they're I mean, I sort of see what I was probably getting at in that you don't really need to go pay like $6,000 for one of those real dolls or something, or even like, I don't know, man, 80 bucks for a flashlight or something like that. Oh, I'll, they, I'll agree it, with you there. I think those are silly, especially when they're, um, when they are 
authentic. I'm trying to think like Farrah Abrams, the teen mom from MTV, has her own pocket pussy. I'm like, okay, if there's a generic pocket pussy for $5 or the Farrah Abrams one for 50 buy the $5 one. It's, it's the same. You know, like, sure, they took a mold of her pussy, but... You know, maybe if it was someone like Halle Berry or like a, an A-list celebrity that you could, you know, pretend you're getting off on, sure, then maybe. But yeah, even I, then, it's weird. Like, it's weird. Are you gonna t- are you gonna tell me your dick's gonna feel any any different between? No. Yeah. I I don't know, man. Like some other kind of rubber or, or like the outside. <laughs> like I just can't stay hard in anybody underneath an A-list porn star or a B-list regular celebrity, man. Like really. <laughs> No, I agree with you there. That's where it gets silly. I see. I, maybe because you were drunk, you weren't being clear. It sounded like you were taking it because you kept saying fingers are all you need. Fingers are all you need. And I'm like, well, you know, if you don't have a boyfriend, sure, fingers. Or if you are in couples, then you can add. It, That's definitely all you need. But if you're gonna if you're gonna go for more, definitely shop economically. You could probably get on Amazon or something and get it for way cheaper than you do uh, in in the stores. I mean, it's, it's that way with everything else. And then they also have things called sex parties. Basically what they are, in places where they don't have good sex stores, and by good sex stores, I mean non-creepy ones. Because there are, if if you get into like bigger cities and stuff, there's sex toys where you go and it's well lit and the employees are just, hi, how you doing? And they're, you know, they're just, they're nice, regular people and they don't have those back rooms where dudes are sucking each other off through holes in the side of the thing. You know what I'm saying? No, I know. Like Like Iowa City has a good sex store. I was there, I bought the... What? No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. Where? Uh, down. Actually, it's only like one block from the the DMV and the courthouse, or it's it's down. No shit. Is that new? No, no. It's been there for years. Like I'm, I've, <coughs> I've been married uh, five, six years now, something like that, six, seven years. And the only time I've been in that porn store, my wife pointed out. She goes, "There's Iowa City's porn store." I'm like, "Oh." And uh, I had an usher. You know, when you're when you get married, you buy your best men, your groomsmen, you buy them all little gifts. And one of my ushers was a weirdo. And instead of buying him the things I got the other guys, I, bought, I went and bought him like, you know, fisting women part eight because he probably enjoyed one through seven. So, but it's, you know, like you say, it's a small, little, clean, well-lit, comfortable, nice store just for people that want to buy smut. Why? I, I did not know that was there, man. The only ones I knew about were down kind of by the train tracks, down by Gilbert Street. That's the one I'm talking, talking about. about yeah, yeah, I'm talking about one down there. Dude, that one's nasty. What do you? That one's disgusting. I've been in there. It was, it was just a. It's a little white building that uh, clean. Nothing wrong with it. Dude, I, I feel like when I go in there, I need a trench coat and a hat pulled over my eyes just to protect myself from the pervert mold that you smell when you walk. What I like the fuck, how, man? I like You've how been living I've been in the Midwest in, for too long. I've been in there once and thought it was okay. And your phrase is, whenever I go in there, meaning you've done it multiple times, like, sure, I don't like this place, but I keep going back because it's the place, it's the it's the Iowa City porn Dude, store. Dude, you can take me out of the weird moldy porn store, but you can't take the weird moldy porn store out of me. Yes, I got to go back. It's compulsive. Now, I've only been in there a couple times, man. And I mean, it's, it's for that reason. I I don't like, and it's not that I I would have any problem buying most of the stuff that's in that room. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't yeah. feel ashamed of it. It's just that it's it's the atmosphere of that place. And then they do have the weird boots in that place. By the way, I got friends that used to work there, man. Weird boots. Oh, booths. You mean boots with a th? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't go back that far. I was just buying a DVD for my buddy. Here's. Here are the porn stores I don't like and I won't set foot in. I've been in one um, when I was in my when I was a teenager and in my early twenties. 
every uh, year, once a year, my buddies and I, we would go whitewater rafting in northern Wisconsin. And we'd always stop at a porn store and take a picture out front of it just as a giggle. Like, And we went in once, and, you know, we were kids and we just walk around and laugh like, oh my God, this is porn, ha ha ha. But now that I'm older and, you know, those places had the little back rooms that were kind of disgusting, I realized that those are the only porn, porn stores that I think are really, truly, I don't want to say disgusting, but disgu- because they're trucker porn stores. Anywhere that's on a freeway where a trucker's just popping off to jerk off, buy some porn for his cab and hop back on or buy a lot lizard, those are the disgusting ones. The ones that are in cities are usually a little cleaner because you're drawing from a bigger demographic, but anyone that is set up specifically on an off-ramp so that a guy, so a trucker, I mean, you see it. You see the 18-wheelers all across the Midwest and in the South, anywhere there's a highway. You see them all parked up front, and you're like, I don't even want to know what's going on in there with all those fucking fat truck driver ass guys. See, what I think it is with, with you, it's all things are relative. If your only gauge for porn star, porn stores, right, is is the one in Iowa City and then weird truck stop porn. Yeah, the one in Iowa City. Dude, you got to go to, you got to go to like Hustler Hollywood, man. Oh, I've been those there. Are I've, really I've been good. there a couple of those. Yeah, those are not, those, yeah, are, those like are great. Mall stores. Those are like, you know, Spencer gifts for porn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you go, you go in there, and I mean, it's 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 nothing. I mean, I I've taken like girlfriends in there. I mean, it's it's fine. And I've seen like CD CD. I was in uh, the uh, New York back before Giuliani cleaned it up when Times Square was nothing but porn before the Lion King <coughs> and uh, um, you know before tourism basically. And I saw some like just disgusting porn places. And went into a couple of them just to have a laugh again. Like, oh, right. they still got them, man. They just pushed them sort of, yeah, out of time. Yeah, 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 yeah like, like out of the center and onto kitchen, the off, kind of thing. Uh, off street. Yeah, you, know, you can go down an alley. Yeah. And... So, all right. Well, it's good to know that you're you're not opposed to uh, sex toys. You're just opposed to. And again, I don't understand why the the small city. I don't understand how they exist other than the truck stop ones, like you said. Amazon ships basically everything. So it's just got to be people that like going there and being surrounded by it or going into the back booths. And there's something, and that to me is a little creepy. Like, when, You know what they do have is is they have something called sex parties. I was, I was, I was, I was starting to talk oh, yeah, about yeah, this yeah, earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got what it is, was it, yeah, it, I, I, was, I was at one of these things one time. It's, it's something that This isn't Eyes Wide do. Shut uh, parties. This is like a Tupperware party, right? Yeah, this is like a Tupperware. No, it's, it's not so much women bringing sex toys. What it is is you'll have like a sex toy saleswoman or whatever, and she'll go there, and she will have just a, you know, a bag full of stuff, and she'll be, oh, this is what this does, and this is this much dollar. She'll basically have like a catalog of sex toys, but she'll have actual sample models of each one. And I'm not saying they're like sampling them, like you know, using them on right, themselves right, right. right there. They're just sort of you know passing it around and that kind of thing. Because there is a certain element lost when you're buying something like that on the internet. It's like, well, like it's, yeah, it kind of says it measures yeah, exactly. You don't really get the the feel for, you know, what's the texture feel like? I mean, yeah, you got like customer reviews and you got, you know, but all the reviews are going to be just as douchey as the Yelp reviews, only it's on like, uh, you know, vibrators and things like that. I gave this vibrator three stars because, you know, I, I, I expected more out of this fan brand of vibrator. Anything else would have been fine, but, the, you know, I, I expect blah, 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 blah. And it just would have been like these long douchey reviews. So you're not really getting... You don't really know what the fuck they feel like. And so you do have to sort of physically feel these things before you 
really figure out which one you want to buy. But if you live in a town where it's just the weird gross porn stars or, or as, as you would call them, the acceptable ones, <laughs> like <laughs> down by Gumby's. But, uh, you know, if, if you live somewhere like that, then your only option is just sort of shot in the dark off Amazon and then you get it and you're like, oh, it's the wrong size. This one's not nearly big enough for, you know. Well, Amazon then you has have a to, great return policy. Yeah, I don't think you can return sex toys, dude. I think they draw the line with that one. Uh, maybe if it's <laughs> still in the packaging. If it, if it hasn't been, uh, you just get it and eyeball it in the packaging. But but I see what you're saying, though. Like, like we're deal like people don't buy like buying clothes online because they don't know how it feels. Imagine now you're buying something you're going to put inside you or you right. are going to fuck. And, and it's like, yeah, this pocket pussy isn't as moist as I thought it would be. Yeah, I, I, I remember one time when my girlfriend bought a strap on over the Internet for some weird gender reversal stuff. And we got that there. It wasn't nearly big enough, not nearly hard enough. We had to send it back. They wouldn't take it. <laughs> Well, well, did you have anything you wanted to talk about this week? I, I got, like, not an idea, but we can bring it up. And Let's go with that, yeah. Well, I was thinking, uh, this is probably one of the more interesting comedy weeks I, I was having, and uh, interesting in that on Sunday, within seven days, Sunday to Saturday, so six days complete, Sunday I finished up my week at an urban club, basically, where 90%, 95% of the audience was black, and... They really wanted fast, hard, like Def Jam comedy, which was in your, you know, like if you yeah, went up and yeah. just tried telling, you know, stand like, like uh, just as an example. Um, I do a lot of crowd work. Yeah. Mitch Hedberg would have failed. Like if he had got on stage oh, yeah. and he was brilliant. But so that that was Sunday. I, I spent the week at that club and I was finishing up on Wednesday. Uh, a couple of guys and I went up to Cedar Falls and did a. Um, a VFW hall for, we didn't know this. We were told we're doing a VFW hall for uh, veterans or veterans, you know, cause that's what it is. But we didn't know that they were like wives of veterans from the Korean war. So it was like, everybody was 70 years old and it was all women. There were like a few guys at the bar, but literally it was just all women and they were all 70 years old. So that was interesting. And then tonight I'm opening up for Louis Anderson at a, at the Riverside casino. I'm hosting his show and I was just thinking, like, just overall how interesting that is, how one person, me, I have to tailor my act to three pretty different audiences and make it work each time without being a sellout, without just like, all right, well, I'm just going to do hacky material here because it's what they want. You know, like, how do you oh, yeah, do dude. material being the core of who you are in front of three completely different audiences and make it work? And so far, I'm two for three. I haven't done tonight's show, but the, I, I actually did get all oh you'll love this i got most of the majority of the elderly women at the at the vfw hall wednesday except afterward one came up to me and i can't remember i was there with travis bales and donnie townsend you remember those guys right yeah so one of them and i don't know who made a trump joke and this woman came up to me and said i don't know why you guys had to be political that went over there it said something about trump and i didn't like that i'm like well i'm sorry but you know politics are politics you and she literally said that she was well you shouldn't have to talk politics why can't you do other kinds of jokes i'm like well what kind she goes well i don't know like why did the chicken cross the road bob hope did that and i'm like <laughs> how do you argue against that she literally said why did i not stand on stage doing how did the chicken cross the road jokes but again that goes back to where i was starting with this imagine me going up in front of the def jam urban audience and like so why did the chicken cross the road but that's what the elderly woman wanted what what do you think how do you 
because like I said, I've, I've so far I've been able to maintain two of the three shows being me, yet changing the tone and the speed with which I deliver the jokes so that the audience I'm in front of enjoys me. Right. Well, I, I think it's just like you said. I mean, you got to know who your audience is and roughly what kind of stuff they're going to want. I mean, I, I think it, it definitely helps having people go up before you so you can kind of watch them and see what went well, what didn't go well. And do you, you try to think like, okay, what, what are they going to do? Because the weird thing about comedy as opposed to most other forms of art is a, there's not a lot of clearly defined genres, you know, Good there's just, there's not. And B, no one really looks into who the comedian is they're going to see or what kind of comedian there are. They're just like, I'm going to see a comedian. You know, no one no one does that with music. Like, hey, there's a band playing tonight at this bar. You want to go? What kind of band is it? I don't know, just music. Yeah. Yeah, I love just music. Or, hey, what kind of movie is this? Is it a comedy? Is it an action? Is it a, you know, I, I don't know. I, let's just get That's tickets a to a bit. movie. Yeah, it's a Stanhope bit. You, right? you never. It? Show, yeah, it's a Stanhope bit. Uh, he says, if you go to the movie, he's the, basically what you just said. He says, if you show up and the music is Scottish bagpipe, you can't be pissed at the band because you bought. And nobody goes to the movie right. theater and says one ticket, please. You know, but you're right. right. Comedy is literally like the the people that hired us on Wednesday. I am pretty sure they hired us on price. It wasn't a matter of looking through and finding the best comics. They said. Will you do this for two hundred dollars? And I was like, Well, it's a Wednesday, absolutely. We'll go up and you know make a couple hundy for it. So they just like, okay, we'll get some nice Iowa comedians. That was literally it. Well, yeah, man. And and to be fair to, I know comics try to, comics talk about that a lot, like it's the crowd's fault or it's the booker's fault, and only a little bit of it relies on them. To be fair to them, like to go back to my first point, there's not a lot of clearly defined genres. So what the hell are they supposed to do, man? I mean, are they supposed to like? Oh, each I, I now have to look up every comic I'm going to go see and watch every one of their bits. I don't have that kind of fucking time. My life doesn't revolve around trying to figure out whether to go see this comedian or not. I, I just need to see, you know, is he going to be funny? Then fuck it. I'll go see him like that. That's all they're thinking. And it, it's kind of our job to now make up a, a, a genre or whatever on the spot and, and, and somehow fit our act into what these people are looking for. Well, you know, at, at the same time, still giving them something enough that's still our thing that it's different from the last guy. Like, so, we'll, you know, we'll be remembered or whatever. Well, I mean, I, I agree with you and slightly disagree with you. I agree with your second point where I can't stand in front of the old women and do the same set I did I mean, I kind of did. I did some of the same jokes. I just, like, in front of the urban audience, I told them really fast. Uh, I, you know, I showed confidence, like, 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 because the, I did. You, what you said, it's, it helps have someone go in front of you. And the host was a not confident man in the urban audience. He was just go up and he was very meek, and the audience ate him up, and people. And I went up and was like, all right, I'm on stage, motherfuckers. And they, they responded to that. Um, and then with the, the elderly women, I slowed it down. I sort of talked to them, made more eye contact. Hi, how you doing? Um, so it is on the performer to understand what the audience wants. But going back to how you started, if it comes to a comedy club and you say, hey, let's go to the comedy club tonight, I think it is on the audience member to go, okay, cool, who's there? That person, well, let's just check out at least one of their videos on YouTube. Like, let's... You, you said they don't have time to watch all of their YouTube videos. I agree with that. No, but yeah, you... I, I agree. It, they, they should, but honestly, ultimately, they're not gonna. So woulda, shoulda, coulda, that doesn't matter. Like, we now have to deal with that. And, I, I mean, we could 
try to start some sort of movement where people go online. That's not going to happen. You know, people kind of view art, our art form is sort of lower than the other ones anyway. Right. Uh, I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, they view it as, as uh, much less than movies or music or something like that. And so they're not going to put the time into into researching us. They just want some fucker that's going to make them laugh. So we got to be able to figure out how to do that for whoever it is, because expecting them to actually do research on us, they don't even remember our names when we're done with the sets most of the time. They're just like, oh, that you know, the guy with the hat, the guy with the hat, he was funny. You know, if, if, if it's a show where there's like, you know, six, seven people, something like that, they're not remembering anyone's name. They're all, oh, you remember who was, who was the black guy? Who was the short guy? Who was the tall guy? Who was, you know, uh, the, the guy with the mustache? They remember physical things about you, but they don't remember your name. So they're they're not gonna they don't really look at us as individuals they look at just comedy as a whole as whatever the fuck they like and we now have to sort of figure that out and figure out how to mold our thing into their thing which is a, a, a challenge i uh agree with you and think it's hilarious that i think you took it a little um, you gave the audience too much credit by saying if there's six guys on the bill that uh, they won't remember that. Because I have been told in a standard comedy club where it's just host, feature, headliner, I have had people walk up to me and go, oh, I really love that bit you did about whatever. And they're talking about the black comic on the bill. It's like, yeah, I, I wasn't the black comic that did that joke. It's like they literally forget that fast. Yeah. And it I, molds, it runs together for them, dude. I had my favorite story for the longest time was, uh, years and years ago when I was hosting. Uh, so I was hosting at a comedy club. And so when there were three of us host me, uh, middle comic and headliner, Jimmy Pardo. And when it was, the show was entirely over, uh, one of Jimmy's friends came over. And so there were four of us standing there. So when Jimmy Pardo, the feature act, Jimmy's friend and me, and this drunk guy wandered over, walked right up to Jimmy and said, you were funny. He turned to the middle act and went, yeah, I liked you too. He turned to the guy that hadn't even been on stage and went, you were all right. And then he looked at me and went, yeah, and wandered off. Like, he he didn't even realize that the guy that hadn't been on stage wasn't even on stage. He just, he gave him a compliment and then didn't acknowledge me. And I thought it was hilarious. And everybody just sort of looked around like, all right, well, that's that's comedy for you. Is They don't even know who they've seen immediately after seeing it. Yeah, that's the thing is, is, is we're basically a bunch of anonymous faces and it, with, with every single person that's sort of into comedy, not like into comedy, but they're, they're just going to go to the show unless they're like a comedy geek or whatever. There's only two kinds of comedy. There's stuff they like and stuff they don't. <laughs> and Pretty much. they don't really put a whole lot of fucking thought or definition outside of that. They're just like, Oh yeah. Comedians, they, they, they make you laugh. And then it, they don't decide to question, well, what makes me laugh? It's just, well, funny things make me laugh and unfunny things don't. <laughs> and it's, it's not really that simple. It's, it's like you were saying with, uh, it, it, typically with black crowds, they like a lot more delivery, a lot more energy. They like it quicker and punchier, that kind of thing. Um, it's, I remember I was having a talk with somebody a while back and it, it, like, if, if, if you're in a white room, material is like, 60 to 75 percent of it and then delivery is like you know 25 to 40 percent of it but in in a black room 
delivery is like every it's it's a good like 90 95 percent i'll of it. absolutely agree with that i will agree with that one crowd work is going to be huge i mean crowd work's always good don't get me wrong i'm not saying someone with shit delivery is going to do well anywhere right like delivery is honestly i think more important than material overall right like you could have a a really funny comic doing an unfunny comics jokes and he's still going to get laughs with those jokes oh, he I might not you. necessarily yeah, crush, i agree but you could have how many times have you been at a fucking open mic and you listen to a, a really unfunny dude basically ripping off like a professional shit, you know, and just bombing. And so delivery. I was is thinking huge. that in front of the, the, the in front of the urban audience. I watched the, the host tank a couple times, a bunch, and I thought one of his jokes was pretty good, except he told it really poorly. And it's not my place to say anything to him. So I didn't. But I just wanted to like, dude, if you literally did this. That joke would work, but he'd been doing comedy 10 years, and I'm like, I'm not going to approach someone that's been doing comedy 10 years and give him pointers, especially because he didn't yeah. ask me, like, hey, why do you think I'm tanking? But but like you said, I was watching his delivery going, your delivery kind of sucks, and that's a funny joke. Right, right. I mean, he might have... He's Midwest, man. He probably wasn't used to doing black rooms at all, you know? Well, I think he specifically asked for that. When the host was from the city and the, the manager really? said he... He was doing it to toughen up and to challenge himself, and I'm like, okay, well, if that's the okay. deal, then that's yeah. all right. If you if you literally know what you're getting into, because the... it's just it's a different style, man, and and you have to be used to it. It's it's. I wasn't. I tanked on Thursday because I was just going. To, I didn't know it was an urban club, and when I got yeah. there, and the room started filling up, and the manager's like, "So this is pretty much what we're gonna get all week." Just letting you know, I'm like, all right, and I went up Thursday, and I did okay. Like people were smiling and laughing a little bit, but. I, I immediately I got a stage and said, wow, I got to do better. And Friday was much, you know, I, I, like I said, I hit a little harder. I showed a little more confidence and, you know, just fronting, just literally showing I am on stage and I deserve to be here because and I, you get that with any audience. Any audience does not want to see someone meek that's going, oh boy, I don't know why I'm up here. Cause like in any situation, if someone looks for sympathy, you give it to them except for being on stage. If you're on stage, the audience wants to know why you're there. They don't want to feel sorry for you. They want to, you know, they want to know, all right, this guy's confident. He deserves to be there. Yeah. It's a, a, a perfect uh, example of it. Have you ever seen the clip of Bernie Mac doing Comic Jam? Or no, De I Def Comic not. Jam or whatever? There's, like, the first time he was on it, it was, like, more or less what got him really big in, in, in stand-up, you know, and, and got him kind of nationally recognized. There, there's a clip on there that's, I don't know, maybe seven minutes long, eight minutes long, because if you had a different comedy show, it's like shorter sets, but it's a lot of people. And he's he's up there. It, the actual clip itself isn't really that funny out of context, but you have to read the bottom first because it explains that what he's doing is he's reacting to the, what happened to the guy before him. The guy before him got booed off the stage. I mean, like, just completely booed to the ground, booed off stage. And then his whole thing was he he went up and was like, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers, you know? And then they instantly just stood up and started cheering. And then he, he'd do, like, a couple one-lighters, and then he would go, kick it! And the DJ would play music, and he would dance around to it, and then do, like, a cut sign, and he would go, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers, you know, and just yell at the crowd like that. And if you watch it out of context, you're like, he's, he's just saying, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers, and this is getting such a strong, why is this so goddamn funny, you know? But then when you when you realize, like, when you read the description, and it's saying that, like, he's basically just sort of 
going up to a borderline hostile crowd <laughs> and, and he's playing on that. You know what I mean? And so that it's pretty good in context. You know, it's, it's funny what he did. And well, then also in that's in, what in popped Herbert, Bill Burr. You remember that, right? Oh, and the, yeah, the, it was the, Philly. It was the yeah. exact same thing. The yeah. comics were leaving the stage early. They they were walking off and looking at you know the comic. Whoa, that's rough. So Bill Burr walks out and says, "Fuck you! I am doing my entire set, no matter what." You know, or my, he didn't say a set. He said, "I will be on stage to the entire time." Yeah, he just time. started yelling shit about Philadelphia. Yeah, he's he like, "I got ten that, minutes left. I'm doing all." Yep, it was the same thing. Yelling at him for a while. Brilliant. I got eight minutes left, and yeah, it was the same kind of. And shit. And they were now. cheering for him where they had booed everybody else. He, it was the same thing. He might not have said, "I ain't afraid of you, motherfucker." But he said, I ain't afraid of you motherfuckers. Yeah, but the, dude, the DJ thing was great because he wasn't even, I, I saw an interview about this and he wasn't even planning on doing that. He just ran up when he saw how bad the guy was getting booed to the ground. He just, he ran up to the DJ and he was like, listen, the music that you're bringing me on with, um, when I say kick it, play it again. And when I give you the cut sign, cut it off. And it was just like a total on the spot kind of thing, but it was just fucking funny. And it, it, it worked great, man. But also crowd work in, uh, in black rooms, man fucking goes great i mean yeah crowd work is great on the road in general but i mean it's it's they they, they really like you to be there in the now like they don't they don't want like a deadpan so i was going to work the other day yeah and i said like that's the opposite of what the fuck they want they 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 do not want a fourth wall at all they want you to be energetic and they want to they want you to let them know that you're in the room with them and they, they like uh they like riffing a lot. They like crowd work. Um, it's honestly, I've I've had pretty good times doing those rooms, man. I, I haven't done a lot of them too. They want to be able. To, yeah. Everybody wants to relate to comedy, but they want to. They don't want to hear about. Fuck, I don't know what are white people problems. You know, I can't think of. They want to relate to the comedy. Everybody wants to relate to the comedy, but urban shows really seem like they want something to relate to where it's. They can because I saw during the headliner, the headliner was a black comic and he fucking yeah. destroyed like he gave. And I saw women in the back of the room testifying like they were in church where they throw their arms up and are like, oh, Lordy, you know, they they just want to know, like <laughs> like you said, like, like, I agree with you. I feel that I understand. Not like, well, my Honda Civic wasn't working. So I got, you know, like they're immediately going to tune out like, what is this fucker talking about Honda Civic? Yeah, I, I, I was actually listening to uh Cat Williams talking about this, like they, he was doing an interview and I asked him like, what's the difference between doing a black room and a white room? And, and he was like, yeah, the black rooms, they, they, they want it quicker. They, they, they want it like rapid fire in your face, that kind of thing. Whereas white rooms will, will sit, like sit back and let you set your thing up more. And if, if you want to take a couple minutes, get into a punchline, you know, in a longer set, obviously in a white room, you could do it. But in, in a black room, it's like, you really have to be rapid fire, at least for a while. Like you have to be doing really well before they'll let you take a while to set something up, you know, like you, you really have to, uh, give them what they're looking for quick, that kind of thing. I think it'll be interesting. Uh, I think a room full of 80 year old women is an anomaly. So that was, interesting to do and i enjoyed it and i especially enjoyed the fact that when it was done everybody but that one woman said we really liked you that was good and uh you know mike lucas he set it up uh, he got an email saying that they really enjoyed it so that was nice to hear oh dude yeah that reminds me of something 
Did I ever tell you about that time I saw Patton Oswalt get heckled by like a 90-year-old woman at the Riverside, Iowa Casino? No, you didn't, but we're, we're up at, let's like make this our last story. Go for it. All right, man. So I, I got tickets to go see him at the, uh, the Riverside, Iowa Casino. And, and I, I remember being a little bit worried for him because <coughs> I was looking at the tickets online, right? And I, I was paying attention the last couple of days. I'm, I'm losing my voice. I apologize again to the, uh, the listeners. Hang on. <coughs> it's funny. Well, you're blowing your nose. I'll say it's it's funny that uh, tonight Louis Anderson is at the casino. Last night Jim Brewer uh, was there. I'm like that's that's an interesting back to back. Well, yeah, and and that's the thing. That's why I was kind of worried for him because yeah, it's a uh, Pat Oswald. A casino is not really his scene. Yeah, and it, well, it is if enough people buy tickets because they're like I'm going to see Pat and Oswald. Right. But if they're buying tickets, not... I'm going to go see a comedian like we were talking about earlier. Then I'm yeah. kind of worried. And I was checking the night before the show. He still hadn't sold the room out. And so I was like, oh, fuck, how many of these people are I'm going to see Pat and Oswald? Because they're the people who bought their tickets early, right? The people that buy them late are the people who are cashing in the points on their casino cards. You yes. know, they're people that go yeah. to the casino. And they're going to be rural, older, Midwest people, you know? And Pat Oswald has a lot of really, really left-leaning political stuff, you know, and he's got a lot of kind of nerdy stuff. And so I'm like, that's not going to fly with Now, he's got a lot of family stuff and a lot of stuff that kind of goes all around. But I'm like, a lot of his stuff on his specials is pretty left-leaning and, it's, you know, it's just, and then it's kind of nerdy and stuff like that. And I, I don't think they're going to dig that. So I remember being kind of worried for him. But he he knew who the fuck he was playing in front of. You know what I mean? So he had a lot of fat jokes. He had a lot of stuff about his kids. He had, you know, food and this and that. Um, but he did have, you know, a little bit of political stuff. And he, he even going into it was like, I'm going to dig myself into a hole and then I'm going to bring myself back out. But at one point, uh, he's telling this story, which is on his, on his last special, I, I think, where he's talking about early in his career, he was – he was b- doing a show and bombing and this, and this really polite black dude stood up and was like, I'm, I'm leaving now. You're not that funny, but you seem really nice. And I just want to give you some advice because stand up is tough and it's very competitive. I, I think that you should quit stand up. And, and I mean that in the best of way. It's just, I, I think that you'd be better off at your age finding something that you can make money with because this isn't it. I, I truly wish the best for you, you know, that kind of thing. And then he, and then he was thinking like, nicest tackle ever. yeah, yeah. He was saying that like, this was in the mid nineties and it, during like when every, however many months they would have some movie about some magical black guy saving a weird nerd, nerdy white guy yeah, somehow. Yeah, 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 and he was yeah, like, yeah. what if that was my magical black guy? You know, like what if, heaven sent him to, to get me to stop coming. Right. And so when, when he gets to that part, this little old lady at the front of the, I was all the way in the back, but this little old lady at the front of the theater goes, you should have listened to him. <laughs> he was like, what, you're not liking the show, man? I'm like, I don't like the language. And, and she was like, well, he was, what, what, what word don't you like? Oh, you know what word. And finally he got out of her. She didn't like the F word. And so he, he kind of played with her a little bit. You know what I mean? He did a little bit of crowd work with her. Well, it wasn't that mean, you know? And then he was like, well, I, uh, I'm going to dedicate this next story to you. There's no cursing whatsoever. It's a story about the first time I ever bought a hooker. And, <laughs> and so he goes into this story, right? But it, it, sort of toward the, the beginning of the story, he made, made reference to the madam, you know, like the female pimp, the yeah, madam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so, hostess. Yeah, yeah. And so he does that, and then he, he's about to go into his closer. He said, oh, I'm, I'm about to go into my closer. It's, just, it's a pleasure being here. It's nice meeting you all. And then he looks down at the lady. He's like, it's, it was nice meeting you, madam. And he wasn't making any kind of reference back to the story. 
right? The, the female pimp. And nobody in the crowd thought that he was. He wasn't. The only person who thought that he was was that lady because she screams loud and angrily, I am not a madam. <laughs> he just fucking starts cracking up. He's like, no, I didn't mean like, I just meant madam like, oh, happy fucking Halloween, you know? <laughs> it right. just goes into the, this is, you know, it was in October or whatever. But it was, it was fucking funny. hilarious, man. Got heckled loudly in a casino theater with almost a thousand people by like a fucking 90. I mean, <laughs> I don't know her actual age. I just heard her voice. And I'm like, yeah, that's the Crypt Keeper's voice, dude. That's a really old lady. That's, that's, that's your casino crowd. Well, I'm interested. I'm only doing 10 minutes because it's, uh, I'm, it's Louis Anderson and Rita Rudner, right? Rudner. Oh, nice. Rudner. Yeah. I, Rita Rudner. Re, yeah. Re, Rita Redner. Yeah. Redner, I think. Yeah. Fuck, I'm gonna say it wrong. Either way, I'm only doing ten minutes, so I shouldn't be able to get uh, too fucked up in that time. But uh, all right, there we go, kids. It's uh, sex toys and stand-up comedies. That was this issue episode of uh, issue of uh, Idiots on Parade. Thanks for listening, everyone. Later.